Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihil kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Briefly, we should have class tomorrow. There's a possibility in the last minute we won't because I'm being invited to an iftar by people and I don't know who they are. Um, but it's a local iftar. And so I'm going to try my best not to respond to them. But literally it's saying, can Omar come? Saturday, however, uh, we will not have class. Uh, so Friday, probably Saturday, no. Sunday, yes, inshallah. And once again, I will try to email everyone and we'll probably fail miserably. Anyways, so last we left off. Anybody remember the question? Hazel, do you remember the question I left class with or ended class with yesterday? Assalamu alaikum. Yes, you said. Why are people not inclined towards having a spiritual guide? Yeah. So, Hazel, you want to share with me any of your reflections from after class? I left you a seven minute message. Why don't you give a summary? Because I have the baby. <laughs> okay. Oh, tiny baby, mashallah. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, baby Yusha, yeah? Yeah. Yes, baby Yusha. Yeah, mashallah. So, so the question being, why is it that um, that in our specific time context, people tend to be resistant to attaching themselves to teachers, to groups, and and such? Meaning, everyone is fine with attending lectures periodically, but and a formal attachment. By formal attachments, I'm saying to the point of a commitment of being a student which may or may not include literally using your hands and pledging your allegiance. So one of the points that uh, uh, that Hazel made in a conversation or in a voicemail message she left me yesterday was the problem of this thing that we call spiritual abuse that we do have, as you know, I'm a bit familiar with, we do have the case of, of preachers who seem to forget their responsibilities and decide to let their animal selves take over and they take advantage of their students, especially their women students, and especially their women students of very vulnerable demographics. Right. Uh, another reason is, is that uh, a lot of times there's just the sense that this teacher does not understand me. Right. It could be because of a gender issue, it could be because of a race, it could be because of ethnicity, it could be because of a perception of their approach to Islam the sentiment that this person is not gonna understand me. What are other reasons why people are cautious against having a very dedicated relationship with a teacher? Or do we sum them all up? Define dedicated. Dedicated to the point that you're willing to pledge your allegiance to the teacher as effectively teacher and apprentice, master and apprentice. Uh, Zishan, Asim, and Sarah. There are countless examples which have gone wrong is one of the reasons where you will defer away. Second is the commitment expectation, depending on the, the type of teacher, will, will obviously conflict with your other needs. Okay. So one is just okay. The teacher might be might be a, um, um, a creep, or another is that the teacher might be demanding more than you're ready or capable of. 
giving, all right? Asim, Sara, Aiza. Um, yeah. I think building a little bit off what Zishan said, uh, there's also like sort of the, the overarching issue of our social structure. Uh -huh. um, and not to get too preachy, but like I think capitalism doesn't really allow for that kind of dedication to anything outside of uh, like your immediate life. Okay, so you're saying basically people have to have a job. I'm saying people have to have a job and their dedication to their job is socially like the most important thing because if they don't do that, then they can't have food or healthcare or okay. housing. So you're, you're basically saying uh, the impression that's coming across of this relationship is that it's potentially almost like a 24-7 relationship. Not that it's a 24-7 relationship, but... Uh, any, any kind of allegiance or commitment makes it harder to meet your basic needs. And because basic needs are not met by default in our society, um, that almost has to be our primary focus, right? Well, and so- Your job like, is gonna take up the biggest block of your week, yes. Yeah, and like a, like a really good example of that is like, my kid's five and a half months and he's already in daycare and that feels insane to me, but there's no other way to do it. Sure. Right. Explain why it feels insane. Like you feel like your child should be with parents. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like, like, so when he was, uh, his original uh, daycare start date was in February and COVID was kind of raging. Yeah. And so we decided we were going to keep him home for, at least a few weeks and when it calmed down we sent him there yeah and uh that few weeks was really difficult mm -hmm. and both my wife and i have very understanding bosses who where we have like a friendly relationship with and they gave us all the leeway in the world to do whatever we needed to do and even still it was very very difficult totally, totally. and so so like I can't even like look after my own kid at home. I don't have time to commit to, to a teacher in that way. Got it. Okay. Sarah. Um, <clears throat> I, I was thinking more along the lines of um, people could be averse to um, pledging allegiance or devoting themselves so much so to a person. Um, kind of because of the way you phrased it too, in the sense of apprentice master, mm -hmm. um, it almost detracts from the um, uniqueness of Islam in the sense that like, we have our direct connection to Allah We shouldn't deify or idolify someone um, between you and the Lord necessarily. Um, so that's what my aversion to kind of like, like blindly almost like idolizing, you know, teachers because at the end of the day, they're human. And the only people that we should really kind of keep up on pedestals um, in that way are definitely the prophets, you know, especially Prophet Muhammad. So that's my aversion. It's kind of creating a hierarchy that maybe doesn't need to be there and is inherently not there with our faith. Right. Isa. Yeah, going off of Sarah's point, I guess I can kind of 
see why some people would be reluctant because sometimes these things can get into cults i don't know at least in america like we've had a lot of like religious preachers regardless of their faith and they end up kind of forming like cults and i think that gets popularized so people are kind of reluctant to pledge allegiance to like a spiritual leader because there might be like a fear of like what goes on behind the scenes all right Ahant, what do you have to say about this I know you're smiling because, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, um, I don't know. Um, you know, I can see, and we've discussed this. Because, uh, you should you know, probably uh, preface this with how many pledges you have with how many people. <laughs> uh, well, that was only circumstantial, but um, you know, I, I do see, uh, uh, see what everyone is saying. And, you know, I was extremely like lucky enough to, run you know into um really great uh, people and i know how experiences can deter people away um you yeah sure uh <laughs> and but but you know in terms of pledging allegiance or or idolizing i never feared any of that you know myself because you know, i was lucky like enough to I guess have a proper uh, understanding of what a bayah like actually is. Okay, explain to us what the proper understanding. Um, well, to my understanding is you know, and you had you know talked about um, you know um, the importance of human uh, transmission, uh, see in Islam, and and prayer is is you know of course like one of those things. But the way I see it, you know. Um, you know, the Sahaba had uh, the Prophet, and then, you know, the Tabi'een had the Sahaba, and then the Tabi Tabi'een, like, had this, you know, the Tabi'een. So, so I think it's not in terms of, you know, idolizing or, or any of, of that stuff. It's more of we're walking in the footsteps, and it's more of an oral transmission, um, you know, you know, and this chain, you know, exists all the way to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, whether people want to believe that or not is up to them. But it's more of a guide. Then I think there is, you know, especially, you know, with the way the American uh, and Muslim community is uh, set up, there is there's only so much you can get from, you know, you know, in reading books. And, in, you know, when I took Shahada, I, you know, there was... You know, I feel like there was something that was missing to get to the next step. Then I think a human example is very useful in that way. But you know, I think if you find the right ones, there is a clear just dis- you know distinction you know between sh- shirk and and idolizing and all of that. It's more of a it's more of a guide and a a process. And I feel like having a teacher you know gives you some structure at least in, in terms of that in human transmission standpoint. Adnan. One second, sorry. Um, I almost forgot the question, but in terms of not, not wanting um, or being adverse to a spiritual guide, I think um, there's i i also feel like just in terms of like being american and sort of our sort of 
religious culture here, uh, it's I think is averse to that as well. Like not just Islamically, but like I think we live in a pretty individualistic society where you're thinking about yourself, you're thinking about you know it's centered around consumption and like work ethic and things like that. So I think just the culture here by itself is sort of makes it hard to uh, think about a tradition where you need to be like disciplined and need to like submit your submit yourself to like a teacher or not even I think submissions are a wrong word but even to say hey I need a guide and it's not just about uh, what I want and need uh, and I have to be willing for somebody to say hey you need to do these things that are sort of bad for you uh, I think culturally it's hard to swallow that pill mm-hmm. so so one of the issues uh, raised so far by everybody would be the power dynamic another is essentially just the feasibility of even having such a relationship because we have so many things already uh, obliging us and then another is just our natural repulsion to this because of the individualism of our society that seems to be like a summary of all the big points Horam. Uh, so yeah uh, after listening all these points um, so we have uh, uh, one possibility of that, and that is in the um, academia side, and uh, more or less style like a madrasa, like uh, you have a sheikh, and you have a, a, you have a student. So from there, that relationship can be understood and developed actually. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a it's it's a it will be a unique relationship. So you need to understand, or one person needs to understand that this is a relationship. So. So if you have to have a means, and, and while people are uh, in their careers or in their businesses or on their other life, so I believe it will be hard to build a relationship. It, uh, it, it, it is not impossible, but it is hard. But when you are in a madrasa setting, then that it becomes a part of, and you are spending a year like University of Medina or some sort of, and you have been studying there for a while, you have a natural relationship development. So from there, that there's a possibility that you can have that sort of relationship of teacher or or uh, or a guide, and uh, that I can see from there. Okay, Hazel. Bismillah. And um, one thing that I've also noticed is um, <clears throat> socioeconomics. and so when it comes to it, it goes along with like the spiritual abuse, but I. I mentioned in your point uh, in that message I sent you yesterday is that when it comes to even getting a teacher or finding a teacher, you kind of have to be from a certain socioeconomic status and even to even like have access, Um, which, you know, I've had my own experiences with that. Um, And I think that's very frustrating. I, I've noticed elders in my community who are African American and who are kind of adverse to uh, getting a teacher. Um, for them, it's uh, one elder in particular. For her, she's like, they don't do nothing but sit on the musala and just do their dhikr and forget about everybody else. <laughs> um, and I think it's really, I, I think it's really funny because for her, there's this notion that to have a teacher or to be spiritual, it means to not do any work, like not putting your faith into action, which is like the antithesis of what the spirituality should be doing. Like we should be 
having action as well. Um, but socioeconomics um, and race and ethnicity are something that I've always noticed in within these spaces and something that I'm very cognizant of. And I mean, everybody has their own different experiences. I have my own experiences with that being Latina. Um, I clung on to you, Mazafer, in college. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it's it, it's very difficult um, when there is spiritual abuse coupled with these these all these factors that are present within our uh, broader society. Uh, go ahead, please. Um, so there's one thing where there could be a few teachers in the world as present. Um, and there's this whole, uh, this rhetoric that um, as the world sort of be progressed, there are lesser and lesser of those or like poles, people of these very high spiritual ranking uh, amongst us. Um, and so at this point of our uh, Burns existence, I guess there are, but there are very few. And to go find them and recognize them seems like a very difficult process for, for the majority of people to do. Um, and so for the majority of people, the other thing that also I feel that comes into being is that um, we don't find that one person is perfected or sufficient for our needs. And so we are comfortable going to different people. And I think that's just sort of like the factor of the time that we live in. And the few people who do find someone to commit and do the and all that, you know, hopefully they have found the person who really does represent the, uh, you know, the spiritual, the, who's the sheikh of the time, but that's hard to determine. And one other thing is that, um, that I, I, I guess on a large, on a, I'm making a distinction between people committing to certain sittings and studying with people as opposed to taking a, pledging allegiance with them. Um, because one other reason that comes into uh, question is how many teachers or people are really speaking in the language of the time and how many are just sort of regurgitating and imitating a form of Islam that is just predicated on uh, the optics of, and so a lot of shuyukh are very invested in their clothing and their hat and their language and everything else. And it does not speak to the condition of the modern human being, the globalized individual who's really uh, not buying the image anymore. And they really want their issues to be expressed through the language of religion. But all what we mostly hear is just sort of do this, don't do that, instead of like, I don't know what life is, I have depression, things don't mean anything, I feel very hopeless, and like, you know, questions of meaning are not necessarily being articulated through religion in the way that people want to be spoken to. So I think in that disconnect, there's a, uh, a lack of, uh, of uh, faith that this, these individuals will be able to answer and I need to commit to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dania and Hazel. And then uh, I know there's a bunch of comments the, in the chat box. I'll also look at those in a second, Chill. Assalamu alaikum. Um, um, I also just think it's super hard to be a student um, and like be committed as a student too, as like most things are consistency is key with a lot of this. Um, and if you kind of lose momentum or lose motivation or um, don't have a um, backup plan for when you're not feeling motivated or when you're, you know, 
get to those points where you, I think like will naturally butt heads with your, um, mentor or, I mean, you're not going to see eye to eye and everything. And the whole point is a kind of the journey and that journey is a difficult one. So I think the consistencies are really, it's just hard to be the student too. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think the easier route is just to not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hazel, did you have another point? Yeah, just really quickly. I mean, even with, I, I agree with, was it Ahant who mentioned about the importance of like the transmission of this dean from person to person? I do see the benefit in having a mentor or someone who is a guide because our nuffs is, is big. <laughs> um, I mean, even with like the naming of my sons, for example, right? It's Musa and Harun. They're together, right? There's these are prophets, alayhi salam, who Musa wanted his brother there. He needed a, a companion. And then you have Yusha as well, right? He was the apprentice of Musa, alayhi salam, in Surah Kahf. And so for me even with the naming of my children, it was, it was a reminder that we are not meant to be in, in such, not take on the culture of the society and be so individualistic, that we're meant to have a guide and we're meant to have partners um, on this journey. And so when it comes to finding a teacher that we could be ourselves with um, and who understands our circumstances, which is, again, goes back I always think of socioeconomics and, and race and ethnicity because it permeates even within our within our uh, practice of faith is, you know, praying for someone who will understand you and help you be that guide to Allah. And also asking Allah to help you know if this person is a shyster or not. I mean, I'll never forget my husband said, you know, there was somebody that he was like interested, you know, he was interested in like learning more from this particular uh, scholar. And the man literally said, I like being in this particular place in, in whatever place he was in. He's like, I like being in this particular place because I can go under the radar. And for me and my husband, one, I'm Latina, he's black. But he was like, yo, this man is in a predominantly black Muslim community. Like, what's the accountability? What's the, what's the accountability if this man does something? The fact that he literally said that and it really rubbed us the wrong way. So again, it's it's very scary when these uh, instances of spiritual abuse, because there's things that happen that doesn't even make the national headlines. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me also go through uh, some of the comments here. Um, okay. Let's see, baby. Not only because some might be creeps, it might be their goals misaligned. Their viewpoints focus on issues, which might be different. The political Islamic. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, could there be a different value for someone based on whether they're a convert or not. Sure. Uh, The convert experience is different than the lifer experience. Very often, however, converts have minds of their own. Uh, The overwhelming majority of converts I've ever had um, do things regardless of how much advice I give them. They do things the way that they choose to do them. How are you doing, Ahant? And so then uh, if their convert possibly would need more of a role model surrounded by family, can I help guide them? Sure. I don't know if it's just me, but I have noticed more shakes getting to politics and media. I mean, definitely media, right? Everybody and their mother is is now a YouTube star, Instagram star. And then eventually I get pulled in. Um, yes, uh, Asim is going to cry. Okay. Uh, let's see. Perhaps people are avoiding to, in a fear of being judged, rejected. I think that's a big thing. Uh, Rudy's iPhone... Um, the fear of the judgment that comes from the teacher. 
People can be insecure about this devotion, don't want their shortcomings displayed. On the other hand, a teacher mentor will hold you accountable for those shortcomings and people are avoiding a responsibility. I think that is also true. And, and so let me reframe it. Uh, if I suggested to go find a fitness trainer, what would be the resistance? Likewise, what would you want in this fitness trainer? How would you find one? Because think about how intimate that relationship is, right? They're seeing your body parts being squished and stretched and everything. Okay. So thoughts? Anyone who's had a fitness trainer want to share? I've had a few, more than a few, as well as more than a few personal teachers, but uh, fear of contradicting knowledge going against what is considered to be moral in today's society. That uh, is, Isa, that's for finding a fitness trainer. It might also be part of avoidance and fear of judgment. Anyone? No one wants to talk about finding a fitness trainer, personal trainer, whatever you want to call it. So it, it depends on what your needs are, basically, right? So your needs are what do what do you want to achieve? What is your uh, objective? Okay. You're, you're fantastic giving me this abstract. If I said, Khurram, find a fitness trainer, what would you be your immediate response? Like, yes, I will, or eh, resistance? No, I will. Okay. And how would you find a fitness trainer? Yeah. How? So how means like, what are my needs, right? Like no, I no, want no, to lose the weight. Tell me what steps are you going to go through? Don't give me your abstract. I have to <laughs> analyze what my needs are and then make the conclusion according to that. Tell me what would be the steps you would take. Yeah, I will, I will, uh, I will do my shopping in a way that I will Where? go to multiple gyms, right? Got it. And okay. so I will do the assessment, right? Yeah. I will do most probably uh, means if I'm a female, I should take multiple references. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Even though if I'm a male, I should do that too. Sure. Um, so, so get multiple references, okay. uh, like visit multiple gyms and uh, you need to like uh, look up those people, like what their behavior are. Like okay. you do your all assessment yeah. of the uh, personal uh, ethics, character, blah, 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 all those things. Yeah. Okay. I will do I have all my checklist. I would suggest it's the same for finding a teacher. Awesome, a religious teacher. Yeah, I think I think there's a significant difference, which okay. is that with a fitness trainer, your your body is temporary, your soul is forever, right? We're, we're, we're overthinking this. And I but also I think one of one of the things is that with a fitness trainer, it's easy to see the results. Okay. Right. So I, for example, have a friend who has been going to a fitness trainer and he has gone from kind of slightly overweight, kind of a tubby guy. And he's now like shredded like yeah. a bag of cheese. Yeah. I've chosen and, to use insulation to hire my shreds, but keep going. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he, but he, but like, it's, it's like, it's easy to see that like this person gets results. And so as long as I'm, uh, as long as I put in the work and I'm honest about it, I'll see the results too. Okay. But with, I think, I, I think that's like, that's also a significant difference, right? Is that like, I can't see someone go to a, a spiritual guide and then be like, Oh, the condition of their soul is better than it was before they started. Okay. But that's what a hard fair point. What can you see? And this is not a question only for us. And this is a question for anybody. I mean, I think you can see, their sort of 
personal uh um you, you can probably see some level of growth and i think the reality is that any amount of growth you see in terms of person the actual answer is probably scores higher because you don't spend all day every day with anyone except yourself okay um but i think yeah i don't know i th- like the analogy doesn't feel like it fits for me. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Dania. I was laughing when you asked this because when I first responded initially, I was responding as if it's like talking about fitness actually. Uh Um, Because I actually, I think they are super similar. I think um, you go off based off like recommendation, if you're going, you know, for a fitness trainer, recommendations. Um, you're obviously going to have like a trial session with this person, but also you want this person, this person to push you to your limits, right? You want them to challenge you. You want them to hold you accountable. You're paying them for this too. Um, and yeah, of course you're going to see results, but I think it's similar to having a mentor or having a teacher in the same sense, you will see results. Obviously they're not the same as, uh, working out, but I think you do see different limits pushed and different um, gains over time. Okay, gains. So uh, Iqbal and then Shala. I think if if we once we agree that we need uh, you know uh, this gym teacher, say for example, and I think we are relating this one to our spiritual guide, then the testimony testimonial part is also important, uh, and I, I agree with the, whatever earlier sister said. And then there is always mutual understanding, and we can always backtrack. Okay, something we we thought initially that oh he's he's capable of that, but he's not providing. We can always fire it, and then look for another one, right? And then hopefully in this journey we'll end up somewhere where we once pleasing it, and then can stick with it. I think this is also a very big fear uh, with a personal trainer. If it's not a good fit, you don't like them, whatever the reason is, you can drop them. And there's some sort of fear that if you connect yourself with some sort of teacher that you're stuck okay. and no, you walk away. Now, if it's a horrible teacher, then who knows what they might try to do. But in principle, there's nothing holding you to the to the connection Shella yeah I think I was going to say something along those lines too um but you said it better um I um but also yeah so related to that I think that this um kind of personal like the fit is really important and um I think I wouldn't want a trainer who's just going to treat me like you know kind of cookie cutter right like you do the same thing with me that you do with everybody else and I think it would probably be the same for a teacher. Like you'd really want that person to be able, you'd want to be able to have a conversation and like, just like um, Farah was speaking about earlier, like, you know, relate, be able to relate, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kitchen with the, on the um, wondering what your thoughts on this. Uh, for me, it's a no brainer. Uh, I mean, everything is on hold in terms of my learning during Ramadan because it's serving these undergrads, but but the point is in a given week, uh, I have four different teachers that I meet on a weekly ba- on a regular basis for as many as 13 sessions a week, right? The nice thing about Zoom is that that becomes really easy. So I'm wholeheartedly in, in all of this, right? Uh, I don't think it's as 
uh, scary, but I've had, uh, going all the way back to my, my mid-20s, uh, the concept is scarier than the actual thing because you can just walk away, right? And I have had tyrannical teachers, right? I have one teacher who, like, uh, I mean, if you say the wrong syllable, he will crush your emotions and egos in ways uh, stronger than the worst bully can, right? And periodically I run into him and he'll even say, I cut my eyes on you, right? Stuff like that, right? And there was a point where even long after I, I decided, okay, I can't go to this teacher anymore, no matter how brilliant and how much I'm benefiting, it's, he's just too abusive. I mean, his whole family life is abuse. Um, then uh, there would be times where I'd see him in a public space and I would freeze, right? That's that's uh, how traumatic it is. Now I'm just really obnoxious as a, as a aging Buxani guy, so now I really don't care. But, but there were times where it's like he he was too deep into my head. So I've had those teachers too, but you know the teachers that I have, Marshall, are astonishingly indulgent as teachers usually are. Um, so I'm I'm all in in terms of of the the teacher student relationship. Um, Fear of contradicting knowledge going against what is considered moral in today's society. That might also be part of avoidance and fear of judgment. I think that's more part of avoidance. I don't agree with many of the things my teachers say, right? Uh, and sometimes that adds to the conversation. A good teacher also is learning as much as the student in, in the relationship. And so if the teacher is not learning, then the teacher starts getting bored, right? Uh, and speaking as someone who sometimes gets boards with students, um, yeah. Let's see, good fitness trainers near me. Is it covered under insurance? Okay, fair enough, Zishan sounds Zishan. It was much easier to find a trainer than a teacher or a guide, just need to pay for it. Okay, that's fair. It might take effort and it is, I'm also acknowledging in terms of the masjid, I'm the alpha male, right? Brown, big, good. And, and so it is obviously going to be easier for me to find teachers than it will be for many people in, in, in this classroom and totally, totally, uh, I acknowledge that. Take a leap and just do one session. Yes, agree. Uh, virtual lessons, yes. Matters of heart and soul, yeah, complicated, awesome. I fully believe you can do the fitness thing on your own. Uh, yeah, you can. I don't think it's as easy to do the learning thing on your own as I also have done for many years. Um, it's a way to think about the close teacher relationship is you move at light speed compared to studying on your own. And I like to think of myself as kind of a smart guy, right? I mean, my kids are smart and I want to take credit rather than their mom. But the point is that um, uh, it's a much more efficient system as well. I mean, I mean, I'll give you an example. I, uh, like Dr. Isa, Muhammad Isa and I, we meet multiple times a week. Again, it's on hold in Ramadan. And we're going through this book sentence by sentence, which we've been doing now for like a year and a half. Uh, I think we've made it to chapter six out of 50 chapters so it's a long thing and he's like 84 years old and uh, i cannot express how much i learned from the conversations you know uh, but i'm going to take away all my time uh let's see my analogy of the guide is more like musa and hither so many teachers this is a good example and this is fortuitous that you brought this up especially hazel talking about her kids mashallah uh, many teachers will start by having you read Surah Al-Kahf because that gives us a model of the teacher-student relationship where the teacher is doing some strange thing and the student's like, yo, why'd you do it this way? Teacher's another strange thing. Yo, you should have done this. 
And then by the fourth time, after the third time, the teacher explains the logic behind everything. I'm guessing you're not going to have a teacher who's going to kill a little boy. If that happens, no matter what the explanation is, you run. Okay, question on this. Do your different teachers even conflict with each other? Yes, in terms of their teachings and how do you work that through? I, uh, Islam is a very big thing, you know. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, you're going to different teachers for different specialties. Just like different physicians will give you different advice too, you know. And, uh, and, and so you're also learning how to navigate difference of opinion, starting with your own with the teacher and such. Uh, if you're uncomfortable sharing your divergence, you know, or the teacher has shown difficulty in embracing or engaging your divergence, then, you know, you might discover limits on what you can learn and you go look for another teacher. When you when you were talking about learning from a teacher, like there is there I, I'm drawing differences between a teacher where you sit and study like a book of Rasul yeah. or Hadith or something, and then I think maybe a generally lay person is thinking about someone who will guide them through their anxieties or I guess I don't know whatever they call Iman to be yeah. uh, in life. And and so in those two cases, uh, that's different types of learning, mm -hmm. different methods of. Okay, wonderful, wonderful point. So, for example, with with uh, Dr. Isa, uh, we'll meet for a two-hour session, uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and the first hour is just talking about life, and then the second hour is actually getting to the book, mm -hmm. and so the first hour is you know what's going on in life, including him talking about what's going on in his life too. Like I become his venting session, like his chaplain. So, so uh, it does include those things, and it doesn't have to, right? Mm -hmm. It could be straight. You know, here's the curriculum. Here's what we go through. But uh, it's some teachers, and it's not limited to him. It's also much more than the text. The text is often the lamest part. I mean, I learned profound things from from going through the text. But you know, some of these teachers are younger than me. I should also mention that. Um, but going, uh, but spending time with with the the old people, um, and they talk about life, then that's just super enriching. But yeah, it does reach that point. Yeah. All righty. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections? I had the blessing of reading part of a book in a class with teacher. It was absolutely amazing. Yes, Asim. I think as we're talking about it, I think the pro the process of finding a teacher probably it sounds a lot more to me like the process of finding a good therapist that works for you than can be trainer um i mean i would say it's somewhere between a fitness trainer and a therapist okay like the search and uh a lot of the big superstars in our community might have so many students that they just don't have time for you right except for these little nuggets and still they can give you all kinds of wonderful things. Um, but, uh, but I think that, and both of those analogies are apt in separate ways, finding the fitness trainer, finding the therapist, but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely framing this as a much larger relationship than a person who's teaching you a book. Yes. But even if your relationship is going through a set of books, 
uh, I'm saying the benefit is high speed in terms of learning compared to doing it on your own. Mm. I'm speaking as someone who did a lot on my own. Mm. And then say Jules saying, hearing about his life and his relationship with the teacher was also as good as a book. Yes. Any other uh, questions, thoughts on all this? Uh, Shaila and Horam. Um, did we already touch on the fact that we feel that we're afraid because we feel like it might be um, too much that they're asking of us? I mean, I kind of feel like maybe we kind of like danced around it a little bit or maybe, maybe we did, but like that they're going to ask for too much transformation from us that we're so, not comfortable with. Uh, it was it was something that uh, that was raised and I think it's an important point to re-raise. Uh, it really, I mean, so there will be, it's more of an inexperienced teacher that's going to be demanding you know, you to be super amazing. Just like if I go to uh, how many fitness trainers have I had in my life? I think four. Uh, the one that made me work the most was the youngest one uh, to the point that if I stayed with him, I stopped going to him because of Corona. But if I stayed with him, I probably would have broken my body, right? Because he's a 23-year-old punk who looks like Thor. Good. Like he literally looks like Thor, Good. He dressed as Thor for Halloween. So he's self-aware of his Thoriness. Uh, whereas the trainer who is actually older than me, you know, he gave super micro-specific, uh, 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 you know, whatever you call them, exercises and such. And so the, the super high demanding ones are probably people that don't have that much experience and thus have super high demand so chances are if you go to somebody old uh, you'll find somebody who's a lot more pragmatic calm less demanding and such you know somebody who's beaten down by all the spoiled suburban no anyway so so but the point is yeah uh that is a valid concern but again you walk away if it's too much compared to what they are asking and yeah, and I'll even take it a step further. That horrible teacher that I'm talking about, him and his brother continue to say nasty things about me, right? So that is a risk. I ran to his brother at like this Daisy Buffet restaurant. And I was like, I gotta wait, get away from this guy as quickly as possible, you know, because I might say something mean to him. Those are the anomalies though. Uh, the norm is that the harder part will be just to find where the teacher is hiding to then learn from them. Huram. Uh, just a brief point uh, regarding uh, the learning. And that is like uh, self-learning as compared to learning with the teacher, especially in the context of, of the faith and uh, complexity. So, so that, uh, so because you can read a lot of books, but you need to have someone to tell you what you are reading how much is you have understood mm -hmm. or what you have understood, right? So it's sort of that, that sort of relationship is very important too. Yeah, I mean, different types of engagement, but yeah, uh, I would absolutely yeah. agree. I also tied, tied uh, I also think tied to Shella's point is the fear of our own inadequacy. Okay, try being a 45 year old going to a 20 year old fitness trainer. Once you get past all that, you don't care. You're like, just give me whatever you can. Right. And so last summer I was doing three hours a day. So, and, and I was all in. 
And then, okay, no, the Niners yeah. go to go to Orange Theory okay, in suburban Chicago, where you have all these Karens that are on the treadmill with you. Okay, yeah, okay. If I can do that, you all can do anything, right? Um, when awesome. you say three hours a day, did you mean of exercise or of Islamic study? Or no, 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 no. I mean Islamic studies is way more. Mashallah. <laughs> Yeah, it's Riyadh is also Islamic studies. Okay, yeah. Um, I, Please. Um, so oh, if, if she's raising her hand and I'm not I'm not noticing, can you point it out to me? Is my peripheral yeah, vision? I'm just interjecting. Um, I I would think that the whole point of uh, a teacher would, as a guide is for you for them to not try and develop any sort of dependent or attachment between oh, totally. the two of you, because I think that's the biggest sort of, um, that's the sort of the slipperiest point between um, what turns into a power dynamic abuse and cult. And so the whole point that I would imagine, even though we all in our vulnerability want someone to be able to help us, guide us, take our hand, but not, but I think we should be also brave enough to be like, I need to be taught how to fish sort of a model and I don't need to develop attachments and dependency on someone else. And so going in not seeking that is important, but also kind of difficult. I can understand for people who are really vulnerable and want to find spiritual guides. But I would think that a sign of a good teacher is one who is trying to actively prevent people from feeling attached to him mm -hmm. and developing any sort of like affection um, or admiration for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's also an important point. Uh, I like the analogy of Jibreel taking the prophet, peace be upon him, on the night journey, that uh, he reaches the tree and then he tells the prophet, peace be upon him, I can't go any further. And now you have to go beyond me. And he's the ultimate teacher of the ultimate teacher. And I'd say the most satisfying thing for a teacher is when the student rises above the teacher. Uh, but there are those people, however, yes, for who they just want to create minions. And that is also a risk too. So. Okay. Another good discussion. I urge all of you to seek out teachers to get into extensive study with uh, beyond Ramadan Zoom classes, inshallah. And we will continue, inshallah, tomorrow tentatively, so probably, and then Saturday, no class, Sunday, yes. Tentatively tomorrow, Saturday, no, Sunday, yes, inshallah. All right. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma. Glory to you, O Allah. Wa bihamdika. Praise and gratitude are to you. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka. We seek your forgiveness. Wa natubu ilayk. And we turn to you. All right. May Allah tell the word you all. Inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.